What a joy it is to fellowship in the Lord. Uh, Just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention this morning, some things that are coming up in the next week or two. Uh, It is that time of year again, folks. Uh, Upward basketball and cheerleading is upon us. Uh, Practice begins this week, tomorrow, actually, and so uh, it is a busy time and a wonderful time. And uh, I'm sure that we could use more volunteers if you would like to volunteer in some area. Uh, we could certainly use you. And if you would like to do that, please see uh, uh, Christine Cornelius. And um, uh, there's much going on. I, at the very least, what you can do for our upward ministry is to pray for it. Uh, all of us can do that. And I hope all of you are praying for our upward ministry uh, this year. Next Sunday, our our kids, grades uh, one through five, will be going on a field trip to Swander Ice Skating Arena in Evansville, and uh, that'll be right after the worship service. I think lunch will be provided here at church, and then uh, the kids will be going to the ice skating arena. Uh, The cost will be $5 for a child and $7 for adults. If you adults would like to go as well, uh, we'd certainly appreciate that. And then a couple of weeks down the road, on September the 30th, we'll be having a church picnic on Sunday afternoon uh, here at the church at 4 o'clock. And we'll have some activities set up, some games. Uh, We'll be meeting it back in our new pavilion back here and uh, uh, have some good food and some good fellowship time. There's no agenda, just fun. Nothing wrong with that, is there? No. No. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure we're all squared on that. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, The theme for today is lost. And so as we begin our time of worship, uh, let us ponder the ways that we lose ourselves and how God is faithful to come to the rescue and to save us.
Let us pray together. Oh, Lord, our God, we believe that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. We believe that you continue to love the lost and the wandering. We believe that you rejoice over everyone who turns from the path of destruction to the ways of right living. We all need your redeeming love, O oh God. And so we pray that you would come among us today in your mercy and in your love. Redeem us from our lostness. Rescue us from our wanderings. Restore us from our brokenness. Release us from our bondage and receive us into your family with rejoicing. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. John Dunham is going to be sharing with you today. If you want to come right over here in this area, and it's not over here, but it's over here today. So if you want to have somebody come with you, uh, if you've never been here before and want to have a mom or dad or a big brother or a sister or a cousin or somebody come with you, that would be great. As Brother John will be sharing with you, but it would be right over here in this area. I have been informed it is a holy day, and I did wear my holy pants, and I don't think I'll ever see these pants again. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about tools. Art, 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 art. Tim Allen would be proud. Men love tools. We all have tools. I get to take pictures. These are the tools that I get to work with. I love that sound. <laughs> As you can tell, I've used these tools to take pictures of my family. And this is Jake. 
receiving a kiss from Kelsey. I love this picture. I'm sorry, you don't get to see it. Oh, oh, there. Okay. So, we all need tools in life. We look to the Bible for our spiritual tool. I saw this in the courier and press, so we know it's true because they never make a mistake. In the religion page on faith and values, God has instructed us to be a good steward of the earth. Now, upon being a good steward of the earth, God has instructed us in Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the sea, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over everything living that moves the earth. There we go. All right. I just wanted to make sure that that they they were correct. So I always like to cross-reference things. And sure enough, they got it right. Not only does God instruct us to make sure that we're good stewards of the earth, because the earth is our friend. Okay? So... Now, I'm sure that you all would like a little tidbit and a little fuel and a little tool to get along for the rest of the day. Okay? So, would you all like to come up and... Yes. It's, it's called candy. Now, only take one because I don't want you all jump, jumping and bouncing off the walls. Okay? So, we're going to be good stewards of the earth, correct? Right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Be sure to look at the, the picture of Mary and, and Kelsey. That's taken on the levee in uh, Evansville. Reach in there. Good job. All right. Thank you. Okay, boys and girls, you can go back where you were sitting and uh, find those who are being your moms and dads for the day. We're glad that some of you are awake this morning. We know there were some of you that listened to your radio, which is like what I did. And others of you had those special channels on your TV to watch that, that game that was on last night. Some of you were actually there in person, and we're glad that you're here. That's a big step, and that's cool that you were able to do that. Uh, we're going to have our favorite time this morning, and somebody had put a, in the thing about he included me. That's 4:36. When we do that, we let you remain seated, and we do. We're going to do the fourth and first fourth verse of he included me. Uh, when we do a favorite hymn, people put that in our box, and we say we'll do it, whatever the theme of the day is, no matter what's going on, just because somebody else wants to do it, and somebody it's special to someone, and so we're going to do he included me that first and that fourth verses. We let you remain seated as we do that. Thank you. 
wouldn't it be neat if the next party was here? Uh, it's neat. I, of course, some of you know that I like sort of uh, classical things and anthem-wise and things. And so uh, just like Dr. Dunaway, uh, Crystal Cathedral, I will watch almost every week, at least up through the music. Uh, I don't always hear the sermons. And I like, uh, of course, uh, Coral Ridge and, and uh, Florida, and those are the two. But this morning, it was very unusual, in, uh, if you, or if you saw it last night, if you ever saw that. Chris Cathedral, they didn't get to the sermon. Of all the things they have planned to the hill, they couldn't get to the sermon because uh, there was a person called Evil Knievel who gave his testimony, who has recently been saved. And uh, the service didn't continue because everybody was wanting to hear that. And so many people wanted to be saved that they just continued that service and started having an altar call and started singing all these old hymns and just doing the best they could. That was cool. They had a party. Uh, and that's what we hope we can do today. We're going to sing, Oh God. Uh, we want to also thank, before we get there, for Audra Corsi for being with us today. Jika's away. And we're glad she could be here. And we know you'll express to her your appreciation for her giving up her time to do this, and we're so excited about that. We know, as she, you, a lot of you know her through school, and uh, the music she does there with the elementary chorus and all the places she works there. So since I'm at school, too, during the days, I know how that put a big deal that is. We're going to sing two choruses step by step. You know real well, you are my all in all, and uh, we want you to stand with us as we do those.
Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the day that you've given us and the life you give us, the physical and the spiritual. And Father, we thank you that we can be here today to worship you and to fellowship and to praise your name and think how you've loved us. Father, we are your people, a people that has many needs, and you know each one. We just pray that you use each of us to minister to one another, for that would be your will. Father, we ask that you bless this offering now. Use it to build thy kingdom. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
shepherd is the Lord. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of God for you and for me. As many of you may know, actor Paul Newman started a food company several years ago that bears the name Newman's Own. The profits from this business helped to build a camp for critically ill children called the Hole in the Wall Gang Camp. This was taken from his movie, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. While Newman was sitting at a table at the camp one day with one of the campers, 
the camper asked him who he was. And so the actor reached for a carton of Newman's own lemonade and showed the boy his picture on the side of the carton. And he said, this is me. And so this wide eyed young camper looked at the picture on the carton and then looked back at Newman and asked, are you lost or something? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Are you lost or something? It is a frightening thing to be lost. A few years ago, Pat Croce, the president of the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team, decided to get his helicopter's pilot license. And after hours of instruction by a veteran helicopter pilot, Pat felt that he was ready to make his first solo flight. And everything went smoothly until Pat noticed some power lines down underneath him, down below him. And the thought of of making a mistake and flying into those power lines threw him into a panic. And so he decided that it was about time for him to turn the chopper around and head back for the landing strip. He radioed the, the control tower to tell them that he was just five miles away from the landing strip. But as he got closer to his goal, Pat realized that he was off course. It seems that he had paid close attention to every part of his training except for one minor detail. He hadn't listened closely when the instructor told him the location of the airport. He was so intent on learning how to fly, that he ignored this small but crucial piece of information. And instead of heading for the landing strip, he found himself heading directly for a Kmart parking lot. He was lost and terrified of running out of fuel. Well, when the control tower checked in to ask him why he hadn't landed yet, he readily admitted his mistake And with their help, Pat finally made a safe landing. My friends, if you've ever been lost before, you know what a helpless feeling it can be. H.H. Staten, in his book, A Guide to the Parables of Jesus, tells the story of having been on an ocean liner headed for the Middle East. While they were 900 miles out to sea, a sail was spotted on the horizon. And as the liner drew closer, the passengers saw that the boat, which was a small sloop flying a Turkish flag, had run up a distress signal. It seems that through a faulty chronometer or an immature navigation, this small vessel had become hopelessly lost. And so for nearly an hour, this ocean liner circled the small boat, giving it giving the crew the correct latitude and longitude so they could figure out where they were. Well, naturally, the passengers on the ship were were greatly interested in this crisis. And And a boy of about 12 years old was standing on the deck watching what was going on. And he remarked remarked aloud to himself. It's a big ocean to be lost in. Well, of course, he was speaking of a physical ocean. But I imagine that there are many people who are lost in a spiritual sense or in an emotional sense as well. And what many of them discover that is that it is indeed a big ocean to be lost in.
In Luke 15, Jesus speaks of the experience of being lost. He describes three situations in which precious possessions were lost. A lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And we're going to focus on the first of these this morning, the lost sheep. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does that person not leave the ninety and nine and, and go out into the open country and go after the lost sheep until that sheep is found? And when he finds it, the shepherd joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the ninety and nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. My friends, our God is the God of lost sheep. That's what Jesus is trying to say to us in this parable. Our God is the God of lost sheep. God notices when one tiny lamb wanders away from the flock. And God is willing to get God's hands dirty, bringing that lamb back home. That's who God is. That's how much God cares about us. One little lamb goes astray and and God is willing to leave all of the nice little lambs who stayed at home to go through the briars and the brambles until God finds that one lost lamb. It is a beautiful image that every Christian should cherish. Whether you've ever been lost or not or whether you have someone whom you love who is lost right now, it's a great comfort to know that God cares about those who have gone astray. Now, the picture of God as a shepherd is an interesting picture. It is at least as old as the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Jesus makes use of the image several times. I am the good shepherd, he says. He talks about the sheep coming into the fold. And if you think about it, the image of a shepherd is the most unlikely image one can imagine to portray God. We've talked about about this before, about the image of shepherds in most societies. It's not a very good image. There's an old Spanish folktale about a doctor and a rancher and a shepherd who get into an argument about which one of them is the smartest. The doctor He's a well-educated man and a bit, a, a little bit on the arrogant side. And he claims that he is surely the most knowledgeable of the three. But the rancher is very wealthy. He's very powerful. He has a lot of influence in politics. And so he believes that he's the smartest of the three. And both the rancher and the doctor look down their noses on the shepherd because he is an uneducated man and Like many shepherds in his region, he smells very strongly of sheep, which is not a particularly pleasant odor. Well, the proprietor of a general store there challenges the three men to a to complete a task. It seems that for months she has tried to get rid of a skunk that has taken up residence in her shed. She can't get rid of it, so she challenges these men to the task. And whichever man could get rid of this skunk would be judged the smartest of the three. 
Well, the doctor goes in first. And after just one minute in the shed, he comes running out. He couldn't stand it any longer. Then the rancher goes in and he lasts about 70 seconds, just a little bit longer than the doctor. And then he comes running out, too. And then finally, the shepherd goes in and a minute later, the skunk comes running out. And the shepherd is crowned to be the smartest man of the three. That's the image that shepherds enjoy. It's not a very good image. In Palestine, 2,000 years ago, shepherds rarely bathed. In that dry and dusty land, water was a luxury. and It was used primarily for drinking and for taking care of their sheep and not for bathing. And the shepherd spent most of their time around the sheep anyway, not around other people. Polite society did not trust a shepherd. In fact, it was against the law for a shepherd to testify in court because his word was not deemed trustworthy. And so to identify God with a shepherd is hardly a compliment. A comparable picture of God might be the image of a God spending hours in a flop house where drug addicts finish their days poking their arms with unsanitary needles. Or it might be a picture of a God in the the garbage heaps of a South American city where children scavenge for food. It is a picture of God stretched out naked on a cross in the company of thieves. This is how much God loves us. The picture screams out to us, God is the God of lost sheep. Now let's focus for a moment on the sheep. Sheep don't have a very good image either, do they? Shepherds don't have a very good image and the sheep don't either. As someone has said, if you were starting your own sports team and needed a mascot, you might consider choosing a lion or a, or a tiger or an eagle or, or, uh, or bears because they give us a sense of power and independence. But I seriously doubt that anyone would consider their mascot to be a sheep, for goodness sakes. Sheep are not known for their agility or their strength or their independence, nor for their wit or intelligence. And that's why sheep require a shepherd. It's because they have a tendency to do stupid things. There was a rather bizarre story from a couple of years ago about 1,500 sheep that jumped off of a cliff in Turkey. seems that one sheep jumped to its death off of this cliff, and then the stunned Turkish shepherds who had left the herd for just a few minutes to to go eat their breakfast, they watched as nearly 1,500 other sheep followed that one sheep off the cliff, each one leaping off the same cliff. In the end, 450 dead animals lay on top of one another in a billowy pile of wool. Those who jumped later were saved by the as the pile got higher and the fall was cushioned. Needless to say, the loss was devastating to the families who depended on these sheep as a significant source of their income. The shepherds only had to relax for just a few moments, and the the sheep plunged to their death. 
Stupid. Stupid. Sheep. Now, do I need to say to you that people do more, many more dumb things than sheep do? <laughs> now, I know you're saying, well, preacher, you done quit preaching and going to meddling now. Well, let's think about it a minute. No sheep has ever been charged with abusing its own lamb. No sheep has ever been charged with stealing from another sheep or with murder. Sheep don't knowingly abuse their own bodies or minds, and they don't hate other sheep simply because they are a different color or a different economic level or a different religion. Sheep only have one or two ways that they can become lost. But humans have thousands of ways that they can become lost, and it seems that we are inventing new ways every day. And it is my guess that all of us feel lost at some time or another in our lives. Some of us have hurts that were inflicted on us early in our childhood, and those hurts still cause us pain. They may even cause us to lash out at others or to to act self-destructively. We may not even know why we're doing some of the dumb things that we do. and it's, It's like we're driven to do these things. And that's why we need a shepherd. That's why we need a God of lost sheep. And that's why we need a God who gets God's hands dirty and comes to us where we are. And indeed, we do have a God like that. Daniel Meyer tells about a painting which depicts a lamb who was, has obviously strayed away from the rest of the flock and is struggling to find its way through a, a tangled thicket. On the other side of the thicket are greener pastures, and the rest of the flock is already there. But what's so striking about this picture is a detail that one almost misses at first glance. For you see, in the midst of this tangled brush, to the left of the sheep, you can barely make out the figure of a man. His shepherd's crook, all ready to reach out and to to snag that sheep if the sheep is unable to move. In his eyes, in the eyes of this man, are all the tension that love always feels when a loved one is struggling. But for now, he waits as God sometimes waits for you and me. My friends, this is the message of the complete and unconditional love of God. Is there anyone whom you love completely and unconditionally? If there is, then you know what I'm talking about here. Now, don't you? Years ago, Carol Hauslander wrote some beautiful and disturbing words in her book, The Read of God. She said, if ever you have loved one, loved anyone very deeply and then lost him through separation or estrangement or even by death, you will know that there is an instinct to look for him in every crowd. The human heart is not reasonable. It will go on seeking for those whom it loves, even when they are dead. It will it will miss a beat. The heart will miss a beat. When someone passes by who bears them the least resemblance, a tilt of the hat, an uneven walk, or a note in his voice. I'm sure that some of you know what she's talking about here. 
because that's what love does. It's forever seeking the one who is lost. And that's why the good shepherd leaves the ninety nine to go and to find that one lost lamb that has wandered from the fold. And this, of course, is the message of the cross. A minister once asked a shepherd what images came to mind when he thought about the Lamb of God and and the good shepherd. The shepherd replied, well, I'll tell you, but you may not like it. It's a bit graphic. And he said, lambing time comes around every spring and it's the hardest time of the year. We lose a lot of mother ewes and lambs, baby lambs, during that birthing process. And, and you would think that a mother lamb whose baby has already died would look for another baby lamb to nourish. But that's not what happens. The orphaned lamb will die if we don't find a substitute mother for them. And so the good shepherd has only one choice to drain the blood of the dead lamb and pour its blood Over the orphaned lamb. When the grieving mother smells her baby's blood on another lamb. She will accept that new baby as her own. And this is the baby lamb's only chance for survival. That's what I think of when I hear the words the lamb of God. And the good shepherd. The shepherd said. The lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world. This is how much God loves us. His blood was shed for us. So are you feeling lost today? Is life getting you down? Are your friends letting you down? Your family leaving you out? Co-workers pushing you out? Folks, there are a thousand ways that we can feel lost when we come into this room each week. But there's only one way that we can really and truly be found. Open yourself up to the love of the Good Shepherd. Amen and amen. We've come to that part of our service where we're going to Observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. We invite you to come and be a part of this. The table is open to all who are part of God's family. And we invite you to partake of the Lord's Supper. We're going to do things a little bit different today. Uh, We're going to give you a choice. We're going to have people on each aisle here uh, with the bread and the cup. For you to come and pinch off a loaf from the loaf and dip it into the cup if you would like to do it that way. For those who prefer the traditional way, we have the, the small pieces of bread and the small cups of, of uh, the fruit of the vine that will be in the center. If you would like to partake in that way, you're cert- certainly welcome to do, to do that. I'd like to ask if you would to come down these aisles starting in the back and then moving forward and then returning to your seats going, going this way. It is a time for us to observe the Lord's Supper and to remember. It is a time of remembrance. It is a time of pondering our own lostness. And it is a time of pondering 
just how much God loves us, that God would send a son to die on a cross so that we might be found. Let us ponder. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread and he broke it and gave thanks and said, this is my body which is given for you. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the blood of a new covenant, a new thing that I'm doing for you. Take and eat this and drink this. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you come and ponder what Christ has done for you by taking the Lord's Supper, by communing with God, and remembering what God has done for you? Would you come?
Spirit of God, the Good Shepherd, is in this place, watching over us, caring for us, rounding us back up when we've gone astray, because that's who God is. That's how much God loves us. And what we have done here today is to commemorate God's love for us and what God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful gift that is. What mercy and grace that is. There may be someone here today who feels lost. Feels that you may be struggling and not knowing what way to turn, which way to turn, and things are just out of kilter with your life, and you need the Good Shepherd to give you direction. If you've never made that commitment to Christ, we invite you to make that commitment today. Perhaps you're looking for a church to be a part of. We're all a bunch of sheep that are wandering, and sometimes we wander in the right direction, and sometimes we we wander astray. But God is always there to corral us back together, to bring us where we need to be. If you're looking for a church to be a part of, we invite you to unite with our church today. We're going to sing a hymn of commitment, number 300, without him. Without him, none of us would be anything. So we invite you to come as we sing together. Would you come? Gracious God, you have come to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. You have shown us your love and your grace and your compassion. And so as we go from this place, give us your patience when people are indifferent. 
Give us your compassion when people are in need and give us your love to reflect your grace and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and friend, we pray. Amen.